Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. If you enlist in order the people that have the greatest impact on children, number one would obviously be... Parents. What's number two? I already know this because we you talked can't just about it. always <laughs> know things. It's grandparents, which surprised me the first time I heard it. I'm shocked at it, too. Because I thought it would be culture. I thought it would be friends, movie stars, athletes, and it's grandparents. Yeah, I mean, it is most definitely grandparents. And yet, I know for us, the least amount of training is offered to grandparents about how to have a godly Christian impact on our grandkids. There's, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this pastor of a church for 30 years that became a very large church. No grandparent ministry in 30 years. But that's embarrassing that's to say typical. out loud, but yeah. I've found that a lot of churches are that way, and that's going to change today. Because <laughs> we've got Dr. Tim Kimmel and Larry Fowler in the studio, and we're going to talk about intentionally training grandparents to have the impact that we're called to have on our grandkids. So welcome to Family Life today. Thank you. You guys are laughing already. What's (laughs) that about? (laughs) Well, it's already changing, Dave. Good. Is it? Yeah. When we started our ministry. Because of you guys. That's why. Tell us your ministry. No, because God's doing a work. He's doing a work in the heart of a lot of people, and and we're just one of those. Mm -hmm. But there was not a single church in America that was doing a grandparenting ministry, Dave, so you don't need to feel bad. Yeah. When we started our ministry, not one that we could find. Maybe there was, but we didn't know who there were. Well, Larry, tell us about your ministry. Legacy Coalition, we see that there are many, many Christian grandparents that are just missing opportunities to impact their grandchildren because they don't have a vision. And so we exist to equip them and give them a vision for their potential. You started by talking about grandparents are second. We want them to really see their potential for spiritual impact, not only to see their potential, but also to see their biblical responsibility for a spiritual impact and then to do everything we can to equip them. And we do that through physical resources, things they can hold in their hands, but we also do it through webinars and and a conference called the Legacy Grandparenting Summit. Go to LegacyCoalition.com and you'll, yes. you'll see all the all the information there. Mm-hmm. You know, as you think about not just that conference, but what you do as a ministry, you're trying to help grandparents like us mm-hmm. go from, I'm going to pray for my grandkids, to intentionally, you call it intentional Christian grandparenting, intentionally impacting them for the kingdom. We don't realize not only the impact we have on our grandkids when we're intentional, but the impact we have on them when we're not intentional. Mm-hmm. When we wrote this book, uh, Extreme Grandparenting, what we were surprised at is when we started getting emails from moms and dads, young couples, and said, I got this book, and I read it, and I, I sent it to my parents. I don't get it. They live in the same town with us. They just live a few miles away. But they just don't have hardly any involvement in our kids' lives. And the only time they, they want to come by is when it's convenient to them. And, and we don't understand why they don't want to be involved. But, well, some of that, and I, we address this in, in the book, is, is a, a, a really messed up idea of retirement. Mm-hmm. 
And some people think, you know, oh, I paid my dues and I've done all that and it's not my turn anymore and it's my turn to to just relax and enjoy life. Retirement is some, not, not some kind of a personal pig-out time in our life. <laughs> it, it just means you don't go to the place where you were making a living, but you still have a life to live and a difference to make. And so just trying to equip them to say there's a deliberateness to it. And when you face the difficulties that many grandparents face in this relationship with their kids and their grandkids, there's help for that. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can get through this thing through the power of God's grace and make that. Because if my grandkids think that as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're barely a footnote. I've helped frame a very false impression about the God who made them. Mm. Well, Tim, you and Darcy started Grace-Based Families. You guys are busy. You're writing books. You're traveling around the country. You're speaking. And yet, I think some grandparents are like, yeah, I am super busy. But you guys are making it a priority. How do you do that? Well, it's like anything that you take on in life that you realize this is the big reason why I'm here is that you make the other B priorities bow to the A priorities. I've talked with you guys before on air about this one principle that has so come to my rescue. When I have to make hard choices. Never sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. The grandkids are permanent. Here's how long they're going to live. They're going to live forever. <laughs> they have a expiration date on their human life but not on their life. And because they're actually eternal people, I think we need to grandparent them with that in mind. In fact, I think we do so much better in life if we always keep an eternal backdrop, Mm -hmm. screensaver behind what we're doing. And I think it gives us much more of a chance, I think, to bring God's heart to the middle. I think the thing I love about you, Tim, is every time I talk to you about your grandkids, you end up somewhere along the line crying because you're so passionate about this and you love them so much. I didn't grow up in the church. I had great parents, but I came from a family that Mm. never kissed, never hugged, um, never said affirming words. I knew they loved me, but all of that was absent. But when I walked in the door to see my grandmother, I was named after her. I get teary thinking of it because I, this happened throughout my entire childhood. I'd walk in the door she grabbed me by the shoulders. I'm the youngest of four, so you kind of feel forgotten anyway. She grabbed me by the shoulders, and she looked me in the eye. She kissed me on the lips. She said, oh, honey, it's so good to see you. Mm-hmm. And she would hug me, hold me, and then she would ask me this question, "Hun, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was the most mm-hmm. important person in the world. And it's not that I didn't have good parents. They were just busy. They're trying to do their mm-hmm. thing. But just that. Just that, and Mm. then you put in Jesus with that, Mm. it's a deal changer. It's a life changer. There's a verse in the Bible I I want to change. That probably sounds terrible. It does sound a little. (laughs) Sounds like heresy. According to Larry. Go ahead, Larry. So this is 3 John 4, according to Larry. Okay? (laughs) I know this verse. (laughs) I want to hear how you're going to spin This is a verse that says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So here's how I want to change it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my grandchildren walk in truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's another generation out. In fact, there's nothing in this world that I want more than my grandkids to be in heaven Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. And I'm sure that those that are listening are grandparents 
would agree with that. Mm. And so why wouldn't that drive us and mm. give us such a sense of purpose in this stage of life? Mm. And that sense of purpose can carry us mm. to our deathbed, really. It can be the last significant purpose. I might speak for some to think when a grandparent hears that, well, that's something our kids are going to do for our grandkids, not us. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're involved in their lives. We're just a little part. But even the conversation with you guys has Mm -hmm. reminded me of the vision. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you guys talk about vision, I'm over here, like, getting inspired, which every grandparent needs to be inspired because we can, all of us can fall into, I've paid my price. I worked hard. These are the years I sort of coast. And I'll be loving to my grandkids, but I'm not on mission anymore. Well, guess what? You are on mission. It is mm-hmm. your grandchildren who are going to walk in the truth, not just your kids. Your That's kids right. may not even be walking in the truth. But you said mm-hmm. earlier, this is mulligan time. I get a chance to correct what I may have done wrong. Mm-hmm. Like any time I hit a ball on the lake, usually the next ball is better because yeah. I don't do what I did. Yeah. And you get a chance now to say, I need a vision. You guys are creating a vision mm-hmm. yeah. for yeah. grandparents yeah. that is so needed. All of our families are messy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, just, let's sure. just get that right out there. We all have messiness in our families. There are no perfect families. There's also many families that are not intact families. And by intact, I mean ones that have a mom and a dad and a grandpa and grandma on one side and a grandpa and grandma on the other side. But it's still helpful for all of us to understand what the biblical ideal is. Mm-hmm. You know, my background is Christian education, and I've known for many years that an ideal situation in a church, if you're going to disciple kids in a church context, you need a ratio of at least one to six. In other words, one leader for six kids. Yeah. If you have more than that, then it's a real struggle. You know what God's ratio is? It's not one to six. It's six to one. Mm-hmm. Teach your children and your children's children. Think about a family where that actually happened. You know what that would mean? It would mean that mom and dad and grandpa and grandma on this side and grandpa and grandma on the other side are all devoted to doing everything they can to influence that child for Christ all a childhood long. Hmm. And to me, that's just this powerful, powerful vision of what Hmm. God has for our family. And so often when we think of God's vision for family... We just think of parents and the kids, but grandparents are very, very much a part of it, too. Yeah, it could even be blended. Yeah, so exactly. Blended. Multiple. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. you could be a single grandma, grandpa out there. Uh, it still has yeah. a huge uh, mm-hmm. amount of influence in their life. You know, the, the, the story we tell in the book about, uh, you know, sometimes the parents just, they get beside themselves with a the kid. They just don't know what in the world to do. And this one couple, they had a daughter that had just gotten gender confused and frustrated and was started acting out and so she started representing herself uh as a different gender and changed her looks and she got tougher and and the parents just didn't know what and they were scared Mm. and they they really didn't know what to do it was the grandfather who loved that girl and he decided he's going to just be in her life. Well, he had these couple of guys that were, they always had breakfast together, the diner in this town. And these guys are other Christian guys. And he said, look, my granddaughter's having this problem and I got to spend some time with her. I wouldn't mind you guys joining us because we always have, we have a lot of fun. We talk and all that stuff. But if you have a problem with her and you're going to voice it and you're going to put her down and you're going to react, then I'm going to just have breakfast there and I'm done with you guys. (laughs) 
And they said, don't bring her on. And when she came in and she's tough and she's just foul mouth and she's just trying, just pushing every button on them to try and get them to take the bait, to justify to her that yeah, nobody gets me. And, but that grandfather just stayed right on point with her. And she got through that hmm. very confusing time in her life. I love that he brought his buddies into it. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. So he sweet. did. And he, keep in mind, this guy, like my age, and he came from a generation that would usually handle that differently and, frankly, poorly. Yeah. But God gives us a chance to... And it reveals, obviously, again, the power in the role of a grandparent. Yeah. And the power mm-hmm. of the gospel, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, love well, and, and the power of grace. And, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our ministry is the importance of balancing grace and truth. Mm-hmm. We base that on uh, what is said about Jesus, that he was full of grace and truth, and we need to be Jesus to our families. You know what I think our generation's gotten wrong? We don't balance that very well, and we we hold truth really high. So that's yes. why we get so mm. frustrated with many of the and political issues. And, and, yeah, Dave, calls and, condescending right? and... Dave calls them sermonators. <laughs> yeah, so, so, and we want them to know the truth, but we don't place the same value on grace. That's why Tim's ministry is so important, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's important for grandparents to hear. In fact, I think we need to coin a new word. Can we coin a new word? Let's yes. do it. What is it? Grace parents instead of grandparents. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Maybe when you're a parent, you really train your kids to know the word and you want them to do that. Mm. But the role of a grandparent needs to be one in which we lead with grace first. Mm -hmm. And your story is a perfect, Mm. perfect illustration of that. That's what I was saying when you you mentioned grace parents. I thought if we lead with grace, you can bring truth. Yeah. Yes. If you only yes. lead with truth, they usually aren't around for the grace part. Well, I think if you're yeah, led you know? by truth, then you can lead with grace. Right. Oh, right. That's good. But a lot of people think, you know, they always go together. No, you, you, I can be a very truthful person and I'm very ungracious. Right. I do not think you could be a gracious person and not be truthful. Mm. Yeah. I had a grandma come to me at a seminar and she said, My son has declared himself to be an atheist. And she says, I've been praying about it and talking about it with the ladies in my Bible study group, and they're, they're saying just keep giving them the gospel. Keep giving them the gospel because there's power in the gospel. And we all know they're right, right? There is power in the gospel. But she's pushing truth on him. And so I said, how's it working? She said, not so well. No, not well at all. Uh, the ba- it's just He's just closing me off, uh, shutting me off more and more. And I said, so you've been trying to lead with truth. How about... And how long have you been doing that? She says, it's been going on about 10 years. Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I said, so why don't you think about leading with grace for the next 10 years and see what God might do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it blew her away and because that is a completely different approach than what our generation normally takes. Mm-hmm. Grandparents need to be ones who lead with grace. I know that, uh, and I've never thought about this till this very moment, you know, as a little boy, I don't even know how I navigated to alcoholic parents. Your best friend, your brother died. Yeah, my when little you were brother seven. dies. Mom and dad go through a divorce. Well, my brother died right after the divorce. So we moved from my hometown of New Jersey, where I was born, to Ohio. Why? I didn't know then. Only one reason. It's where my grandparents were. Mm-hmm. It's the only grandparents I know. I you never know knew my dad's grandparents, but my mom's parents were in Ohio. We moved there because she's now a single mom in the early 60s, which was pretty rare then. And all I can remember, when Ann was sharing about her grandma, I thought I had Hallie Krause. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yep. In my life. Yep. And yep. I was in chaos. Yeah. And I felt unloved. And I knew every time I walked in her kitchen, yep. she'd bear hug me. Yeah. I know she knew. Yeah. yeah. I'm his I'm his lighthouse. Yeah. I am the foundation of his life because he doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I never understood it until this moment. It's like mm-hmm. thank God for Hallie Krause being in my life mm-hmm. and now we get to be that for mm-hmm. our grandkids who fortunately have great parents mm-hmm. and the legacy has been not perfect but changed mm-hmm. but we can be that so and we can be not only a lighthouse we can be Jesus to those mm-hmm. kids for the legacy that's going to impact the world and so a really important message for all the grandparents that have some sort of barrier mm-hmm. to the grandparenting is to listen to what you just said and, and understand that Intentional, unconditional love is the most important thing that they can possibly do. Mm-hmm. I had another grandma come up to me at a seminar and said, my son is an atheist. I can talk to my daughter about God or I can see her, but I can never do both. Because the minute that I mention God to my granddaughter, I'll never be allowed to see her again. Mm-hmm. And this grandma was feeling like, what can I do? You know, what's possible? And she can pray for him. And she can love that granddaughter. And she need to honor what the father said and not say anything about God. But that doesn't keep her from, mm-hmm. from doing the, the other things. And, and those can be incredibly, incredibly powerful. But maybe we won't see it in our mm-hmm. lifetime. Yeah. You know, you know, when I think about the first and second century church, that's when the church grew the fastest. And what's interesting, of course, when you you don't have any church, anything is a pretty <laughs> fast move. But, but they, they grew fast. And it never grew as proportionally faster than it did the first two centuries. Now, think about it, though. They didn't even have a Bible then. Yeah. They didn't have a seminary. There were no churches coming out of the ground. What they had was a transformed life. That God had done something amazing for them that changed everything. And when, when, when they realized that Jesus hung on that cross to take all their junk and their shame and their mess and everything, and he paid it all, and he loves them, and he's received, and he's, and he rose from the dead to validate, it. and and it, it just got so. Next thing you know, there was a different view on slaves, there was the slavery, a different view on women, different view on medicine, on the poor, on the sick, you you name it. Suddenly, it, it, and people just saying, this is running counter to everything we know. Like during the big plagues, everybody flee town. The Christians would move in the middle. Why? They were just driven by this passion and kindness towards people. Well, when people whine and complain about how bad things are today, wouldn't it be nice (laughs) if grandkids know, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm fine because, you know, I have a grandma. (laughs) Who always give me that bear hugger? I have this granddad who just won't give up on me. Yeah, and that gospel spread. Yeah, through Oikos. Remember yes. Oikos households, right? It's right. through the family. That's right. in, in, the same in, in, way it's going to spread today. And Us. it wasn't that they were uh, giving them the gospel every time they saw them or quoting right. scripture or anything like that. They were just caring and loving them, and no one was shocked at how messed up everybody was because everybody was messed <laughs> up to start with. Yeah. Anyway, we, we have a chance we have to do something chance. amazing. Our, our passion is to mobilize 30 million Christian grandparents. Mm. Let me just give a That's couple numbers. That's not a big enough vision, Larry. <laughs> yeah, really. Come on. Tim already said the average person in America becomes a grandparent at age 47. Right now, the average grandparent has four grandchildren. But when their kids are done having kids, they'll have an average of six. Mm. So 
six grandkids is average. If you take 30 million Christian grandparents, and we know there's some overlap, and then flip the numbers around, there are probably 100 million of the youngest Americans that have a Christian grandparent. A hundred million. Now, if those Christian grandparents are sitting on their hands and they're retiring and thinking, oh, my job is just to play Mm -hmm. uh, with them or help support them or or maybe just enjoy life, the retirement narcissism, Mm -hmm. uh, we won't get very far. But that is a huge army. Mm-hmm. That yep. could turn this country around. There That's could be a revival that could world. come to this country mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. just those hundred million kids just had their Christian grandparents step into their role mm-hmm. and be as intentional as they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Larry, will you just pray? Pray mm-hmm. for yeah. us as yeah. grandparents. Yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you're not done with me. Mm-hmm. Thank you that as I get toward the later decades of life, that I can still be filled with purpose and father a purpose that involves those that I love the most, my children and my grandchildren and those generations that will follow them. Thank you that you're not done with all the grandparents that are listening and the Christian grandparents in America and the countries beyond. Father, we pray that you will give us a new sense of purpose, that you'll help us to be intentional, help us to see our potential for impact. And Father, may you use us to accomplish great things in our families and in this country. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Need help building that heart-to-heart communication between you and your preteen while laying a foundation of purity that will prepare them for the turbulent years ahead? Check out Passport to Purity on our website, families.powertochange.org.au, under the Resources tab. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.